there's nothing virtuous about finding common ground. We are in a political moment where we find ourselves on opposite sides of what feels like an unbreachable gulf. I find myself annoyed by the hand-wringing about how we need to find common ground. People ask how we might, quote, meet in the middle, as though this represents a safe, neutral, and civilized space. There's a lot of common ground outside of the political context. The issue is that the political context is how we do a lot of those things. Welcome to episode 240 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft fruit pint, fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Ogan Holder, Shannon Weston, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. Let me unmute myself. That might help. <laughs> Zoom etiquette. Uh, that good brew might be one of these fine pub theology uh, tumblers, pint glasses. We, we still got some, and, and you can get yourself one of them by becoming a patron. Um, starting at $7 a month, you not only just support our show, keep this train running, but you get more content. Like today's pre-show, when we talked all about our aging bodies and dislocated parts and, and our efforts to repair them. <laughs> and uh, some fun sleep habits. Uh, so yes, check that out at patreon.com slash PT live. And as always, thank you to our current patrons. I love how uh, dislocated parts comes the day after Halloween. <laughs> Perfect. Today we'll be discussing ghosts, hope, belief, and common ground. Ghost hope, maybe ghost hope and ghost, ghost belief. Um, so what are we drinking here, gentlemen? Um, in honor of, of Halloween, the day after, uh, this is Sam Adams Jack O Pumpkin oh. Ale. I don't know what that O stands for, but after the <laughs> word Jack, I got, got a lot of options. <laughs> we're not going to exclude any. <laughs> we're, we're, no, we're going to include all for sure. <laughs> wow. Ryan, what nice. are you drinking? I am drinking uh, nothing fancy. Uh, Brecken Bach. This is a multi, lightly hop box style lager. Pairs well with barbecue, roast meats, sharp cheese, berries, shortcake, or Halloween candy, as it turns out. So I love the distinction between barbecue and roast meats. Roast meats. <laughs> Not smoked meats, roasted roasted meats. meats. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Shannon, what do you got? Well. I am at work because I had a meeting right before and a meeting right after in this area. So I'm here. So I am not able to drink an alcoholic beverage. So I have lovely office coffee. Yeah. Green Mountain, dark magic out of the Keurig. It is bold, deep, and intense. So it goes a little with that Jack O beer that um, Ogan has. There, there you go. And, and, and extra points for being a church that's drinking oh. dark magic. Ooh, <laughs> You're <that's>, welcome. <laughs> wow. That's like done well there. <laughs> On to today's topics. It's like the perfect transition to our opening question. 
<laughs> have you ever encountered a ghost? And if not, do you believe in them anyway? <laughs> uh, not directly. However, I, I know people who are very <clears throat> in touch with the spirit world and and have had incidences where they have heard from the other side mm. with messages for people in the living world and any skepticism i had about that was erased when those people were like yeah only like you're a practical stranger only that person on the other side that i'm hearing from would know these things so so yes um there is so it's there, Adele, right? You're talking about Adele. <laughs> sure. My so friend you, Adele. You know, so hello you, from the other side. Yes, yes, my friend Adele. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you've you've seen and heard enough, even if secondhand, to confirm yes. that yeah, there is yes. something there. Yes. Now the the I would say the one or two personal experiences I've had, I've I've sort of doubted them as, you know, was this me wanted to believe something mm -hmm. so much that my mind made it, made it real for me. Right. Um, but, um, and, and more specifically, I, I've had a couple of experiences where I would say I encountered my late wife, right? Um, one of them, one of them was while playing the piano and one of them was while doing yoga. Um, and again, this was not long after she passed away. So was it, was it her or was it my desire to connect with her that so strongly, um, sort of deal? Um, I've, so, so, you know, some people knock mediumship and, and yes, some mediumship is a hundred percent fraud, <laughs> you know, um, but some of it I believe is, is absolutely real and, um, I know enough to know that there's so much I don't know that mm. I can't discount it. And what I always say to people also is it's not so much whether you believe or not, it's what you do with that belief, right? Like where, cause there are people who like turn their lives over to the mediums and like, right. Right. I can't make a decision. Take all my money and, right. Yeah. I can't make a decision unless I check in with you first here, take my money, mediums and psychics and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, use it, use it as a tool, not use it as the, the thing around which you revolve your life. Yeah. Shannon. So I, I've never, um, had an experience. Um, I have had moments of real grief where I thought I saw a person, you know, who wasn't them, like that kind of thing. I've, I've certainly, um, but I, and, and I do see those as moments that my brain is, um, for lack of a better term, tricking, you know, tricking me because grief does physiologically strange things to us. But no. I, I'm with Ogan in the sense that like, I'm not going to knock your experience. I have been there. Um, so I've been there enough times at a time of death at a moment mm. of the last breath that I can tell you something changes and what, and, and I, and yet what I can't tell you is what that is. Right. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I know enough to know that I don't know, nor will, would I ever pretend to know um, or to, to say that my 
believe, but, um, and I've had people who've bought an old house, had an experience of like, there's a little girl that lives here, blah, blah, blah. Like they, they're like, no, 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 you're not, you don't understand. I'm not a person that believes this. And this happened to us. Like, and again, I've heard enough of those stories, but um, it hasn't happened to me. Let me put it that way. So I, I can't, I can't say I don't believe in ghosts, but like, I don't, I don't know that the civil war guys are hanging around at the, you know, places that people are selling tickets to the ghost mansions. Like, I I don't know. Right. I don't think there's any detector, whatever those ghost hunter things are. You know, I don't know that there's, there's a higher number of civil war ghosts per capita in Maryland and Virginia than the rest of the country though. I have to It's strange that way, isn't it? (laughs) very odd (laughs) so have either of you ever in your uh professional clergy lives ever been asked to do an exorcism an exorcism (laughs) did i say it wrong an exorcism (laughs) it was extra i have had a few extra moments i'll be honest yes all right yeah well fair enough (laughs) fair enough no i have never been asked to do an exorcism okay no the closest for me the closest uh, for me no. was uh, a congregant who um, is a snowbird, goes to Florida, you know, for the winter and and um, rents her house out, you know, kind of Airbnbs it. And one year someone died while mm. in the house, while renting the house. And so she wanted me to come through and sort of offer prayers in various rooms. And so I, I think that was more, I don't think that was an exorcism. It was more just feeling at peace in the space, knowing that something tragic and traumatic had happened. And I was entirely on board with, with doing that. You were, it was a, it was a spiritual disinfectant. There you well, go. It was that, an that honoring was... almost, right. Yeah. An honoring that right. these walls was, have seen death. I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm in unity. If there's any evidence of a ghost or spirit, we, we in exercising, we having a celebration. Like, I was going to say, <laughs> you're going in the opposite direction, exactly. right? Summoning the ghost. Exactly. Please exactly. come join us. Welcome ex- to the room. Exactly. And, and me being a skeptic that I am, I was, you know, I was held to task for being skeptic. What do you mean you don't believe? I'm right. Like, I'm not saying right. I don't believe. I'm just saying, like, you know, there could be a lot of other explanations yeah. for why, you know, the light in your living room is flickering. Like, yeah, let's not jump to the least obvious, you know. You know, you know let's go to the really weird place about this, right? Which is like my most common explanation for this is that there's there's a part of my brain that is convincing right. me of this, right? Mm-hmm. That and yet what i know is that there is energy and something exchanged between two people when they are in a close proximity Absolutely. and so if you live with a spouse for 40 years 60 years of your life and they die who am i to say that there's not part of them living in me and still exist like do you know what i mean like i can sure. go to those places very easily mm-hmm. um and and go down the science rabbit hole what we know about quantum entanglement is like you know molecules in contact with each other they're they're gonna they're gonna keep affecting each other no matter the distance or the time right right? so you know it's a it's a whole speaking of which gotta watch the netflix series dark okay if you've not seen this yet get get through the first three episodes it's all boring exposition it's a german it's a german sci-fi thing three seasons and then episode four hold on to your hats because shit just gets crazy 
Um, and then I also just started on Amazon um, Peripheral, um, which is a new series also involving some time travel element and sci-fi. It's pretty cool. So I got I got time travel on the brain and, you know. There you go. We've had discussions about that before, but dark. Highly recommend. Yeah. So I've never encountered a ghost uh, per se. Certainly been in situations where it's dark and scary and there's creaky noises or, you know, those yeah. kinds of things. Uh, but that kind of is what it is. But I think the closest for me is is having dreams where there's someone who's died and I have a very vivid mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. or even encounters so to speak, in a dream state. And I think that's more Shannon's explanation of, you know, the body and the brain, you know, tapping into those very real memories. And the the thing that's always so powerful is that it's so real and you hear their voice and and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like this, it's a powerful moment. Maybe, maybe it was real and this is the dream. Uh, Oh, there we go. go. Okay, so there is a biblical um, encounter or situation where there seems to be a ghost in 1 Samuel 28, Saul, who's, I believe, king over the people of Israel at this time, um, is sort of losing direction, not hearing the voice of God. Samuel has died, who had guided him. So he consults a medium at Endor. So this is like early Star Wars uh, in the Bible. (laughs) And uh, just at the beginning of the Ewok stage. That's right. That's right. And she appears to successfully conjure up the ghost of the prophet Samuel. Like he comes up and talks to Saul. Like there's a recorded conversation in the Bible of a dead person talking with Saul. And this is not a, it's explicitly not a resurrection scene. This isn't Lazarus. This is, he's still dead. And this is his spirit or ghost talking to Saul, and he's kind of PO'd and cranky. So is this biblical support for ghosts? Well, first of all, that recorded is doing a lot of heavy lifting right there. Let's just start with that. <laughs> a recorded conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like every conversation in the Bible, someone was sitting there with a, with, Wait, you know, you mean this ta- isn't tablet, like checking the video? Tablet, transcribed. Tablet transcribing. Yeah. So, so there's they used that. Otterly or whatever it is, right? Like- right. Exactly. And I love the fact, like, you know, no, just just like today, when people say the Bible is relevant for today, this is a perfect example. How many of us, we don't know what's going on. We lost our way. We need some guidance. We go to a psychic. And this is exactly what Saul does, right? He's like, you know, none of the usual avenues are working. Let's yeah. try this. See what see what happens. Um, um, Ghosts of Samuel. Yes, I would be cranky, too. You know, that's well, in the afterlife, I'm minding my own business. Who knows what was going on there? You know, and I'm being I'm being conjured up. Um, but my recollection of this passage, and I haven't read it for a while, but my recollection is always when it's been preached in churches growing up, mm-hmm. this was condemned, right? Mm-hmm. As as an act of a king who has lost his way even further. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's never about, it's never about, you know, where, where was Saul? <laughs> I mean, Samuel, right. uh, you know, what, like, it was never about the, the, the perceived powers of the medium. Like if this was actually right. like a, a, right. a realistic option here and the realistic option for us in our lives, all I was ever taught was 
yeah, Saul really lost his way. That's why he didn't deserve to be king. That's why David had to replace him. Like, right. this is the whole teaching growing up that I got around. But I, I just like I take this scripture of what I just explained about ghosts in that way of like Saul was desperate, right? He was at the end of his rope. He was desperate for something. And he needed, so, you know, for me, this could be like, this was his brain's way of, sorry, they must be doing construction on the roof. So we just jumped. Um, but this was his, like, when you're desperate, I can imagine all kinds of things. Right. And so I don't know, like, this is, if I want to believe enough that Ogan can conjure a spirit of my grandmother that I want to see so desperately, like if I lean into that so hard, I, I, I can make sure it happens. And right. I, right. Like, and I create the right conditions. Yeah. You're it. kind of priming yourself. You know, right? you know yeah. exactly. So that to me feels like what's happening in this situation. Yeah. You and know? maybe, you know, this is, she's probably living in a tent or something like that. Like maybe she's got a guy who kind of just shows up outside the tent and, and, you know, do your best Samuel voice or I don't know. I mean, it's the reason why a haunted house is scary. Yeah. Like, I know it's all fake. I know nobody's going to actually hurt me, but I still walk through terrified, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I still jump when people come at it's me. It's like, yeah, it's I... like you're participating in the fic- the shared fiction. Right. right. The same way movies are like, take us yeah. right in. We know it's not real, but oh my gosh, we're on the edge of our seat. Our heart is pounding. We're having the same physiological reactions that we might if this was, you know, real. Exactly. And- and maybe it was right, right. and maybe right. it was and, and maybe again it was. Right? like i'm not because here's what i do think it was real for saul yeah, yeah. That, and that's what i want to say for people yeah even if i feel that i have an explanation it was real for you like yeah. you saw your loved one you had that experience you like i don't doubt that i don't doubt that you had a conversation with your loved one and they said go be free yes you can get remarried what like what does that make you feel better good you yeah. that's so real and the beauty yeah. is we have a ghost speaking and that's in the bible so the ghost is basically speaking scripture like whatever you know the ghost is saying and it's because it's Trans- in the bible being transcribed yeah well there it is I don't know that everything that's said in the Bible we need to like, you know, I'm taking you, gospel, pun intended. You hear me be, I'm being facetious, uh, of course. <laughs> I know. What I I'm know. hearing is that when I'm, you know, that I get to be bitchy because it's biblical. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm also hearing that it generally doesn't end well when you go see a psychic. Yeah. There's there's that too. There's also that. Yeah. Let and there the is psychic some... come to you. If they really have a message for you, they'll find you. Oh. There you go. There you yeah. go. There's some line in that chapter or near there where it's like all the media or almost all the mediums had been expelled from the land or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. you know, but he went and saw there was still he had he had a connection and knew knew a guy who knew a gal and he found her. Well, and and that I mean, the story there, which just to finish this off, the story there is that Saul didn't trust God. Saul didn't turn to God for you know, an answer to his problems, Saul went and sought. So I don't even think like, to me, that's not a, a, a condemning of the medium. It's that Saul didn't follow, you know, mm. the way. I see nothing wrong with covering all your bases, you know, get a word from God, <laughs> get a word from psychic, <laughs> see yeah, what the horoscopes gotta, got going on. Like gotta, cover all your bases. Yeah. Well, I'm not, it out, you know. See what sticks. 
All right. So we hear uh, a lot of bad news. Like it feels like if you turn on the news, if you go to any, you know, website, if you open social media, there's a lot of stuff that just is depressing, is sad, and legitimately, you know, stuff we should care about, which makes it adds to the weight of our lives. But is there anything that gives you hope right now? Brazil. Mm-hmm. That election in Brazil that that was that's like that was like a much needed needed glimmer of light in a very in a very dark place that uh, uh lula the 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 leftist uh you know um got got reelected um after being president after being um falsely accused and imprisoned and then brazil taken over by that right wing wing nut and now um, hopefully, hopefully he will concede Bolsonaro. He hasn't yet, as far as I can tell. So hopefully we don't have that mess going on there. But right. but that like that gave me a little bit of hope right mm-hmm. there that that it's not and it was it was, you know, it was a narrow margin victory, which means that half the country is still brainwashed. But right. Well, <clears> but that's <throat> our case too. Right. The fact that that that, that they stepped up. Um, you know, just like our last presidential election, just like fingers crossed, the midterms, right, <laughs> right. That that you know the 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 voices of you know nationalism of all the nonsense that's going on that are still present. There are still enough of us who have some good sense willing to say, "All right, this is the year we'll actually get off my ass and go vote." <laughs> Um, yeah. So, so that's that's my hope for. Uh, that's what's given me hope. Um, yeah. And the long view, and the long view. History has always taught us that mm. we evolve upwards. We do it in fits and starts, three steps forward, two steps back. It's messy along the way, but you take mm-hmm. that long view. It always it always ends up better. That's mm. that's what I'm desperately clinging to. There you go. Yeah, I I um I got a hope injection this week because the Ravens traded for uh Raekwon Bar or Raekwon Smith <laughs> yeah. and uh from the Bad News Bears. So I got a lot of hope in our defensive line. Um anyway. <laughs> Whatever sure. Um so I read an article recently that one of the top climate tol- like climate uh scientists had predicted that um we were gonna the planet was going to warm by five degrees and there were catastrophic effects with five degrees and that it isn't there's it's not that there isn't bad news in the midst of this but that because of some of the changes we have made that is now two to three degrees instead of five and so it's it's the real hope of like there's more to do but i i remember a time when like climate scientists were saying there's nothing we could do we're past that we've we've passed the point of no return right and so that honestly gave me hope that like okay what we're seeing is now that's still on the backs of the norwegian countries and vancouver who's gone all the hydro like right like that's not on america's you know america didn't do that we still have to do our part but that gave me hope that it was like oh there's cuz what i'm experiencing right now is that like it's the despair, right? It's the feeling of like, yeah, things are super shitty. But if there was one thing I could do, that would help me so much, right? Mm-hmm. Like that would that would help our 
hope spring eternal. And it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, there's something we can do. That's so exciting. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. So anyway, that's what's giving me hope right now. Great. I had uh, coffee this morning with a local <laughs> elected official and um, he was just sharing mm -hmm. uh, the way things, some things, some good things are happening uh, in the local area here and how it's really taken uh, people from often opposing political views working together, like coming to the table and saying, okay, you know, we don't agree on everything, but there are things we need to do and can do for our community. And that uh, was encouraging to hear because I'm uh, as cynical and burned out about uh, the hope we might find from politicians in our political system as ever. And, you know, as we're leading up to a midterm election here, it was just encouraging to hear that there are some good hearted folks still serving as public servants and, and trying to make good things happen for our communities. And we need more of them to be in such positions to, yeah. to do that uh, because we're hurting on that front across the country. So and maybe we'll I, get into I, that a little later. I, I think a lot of the good people never went anywhere, but I've always been there. But what's interesting is I think part of the, the, being a quote unquote good person is humility. So you don't do a lot of bragging. You don't do a lot of, so as a result, as yeah. a result, the, the bad loud people are, yes. you know, what we see and hear the most. And then with the media, if it bleed, it leads, it's still the, how we, how they make money. Yep. So we get this magnification. I keep reminding people like the, the, the nut job, Christian nationalists and mega folk yeah are in such the vast minority in terms of numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Than all the other good, like sensible thinking folk, both democratic or, you know, if you want to call them uh, like middle ground, mainstream Republicans, like, you know, yeah. but we keep hearing about these other folks because they are the loudest and right, they're yeah. the most insane. And on some level you can't help, but make fun of them, even though it's entirely so dangerous. Um, but but, you know, the, and you hear this rhetoric that, that the Democrats have always been bad about touting their achievements because there's this bit of humility of like, you know, we did good work. We're not going to go brag about it. We'll let the results speak for themselves. But then if you're in a group where those good results may not shift your daily experience in a very visible, tangible way right away, they may come later then all you're hearing is the loud rhetoric uh from the from the other side so yeah so yeah it's 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 that i hear you well good i'm glad there's uh, a little bit of hope out there uh we need it we need it all right so we've got a, a quote on belief here from the bhagavad gita uh, lord krishna is quoted as saying man is made by his own belief as he believes, so he is. So uh, in what ways do you agree with that, that our belief um, sort of um, creates who we are? In what ways would you maybe push back on that? I wouldn't push back at all. I think it's I think it's true. The good news is, well, it's both good news and bad news in that statement. But for me, the good news is always you can change your beliefs if you want to. Um, mm. But but the belief, I think our beliefs is, is the lens through which we interpret all the input and the lens through which we 
express ourselves and 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 show up in in the world um so in in that regards yeah i think i think I yeah think, i think so i, I guess that that lends the question of is belief something you can choose or is it something that kind of happens to you outside of your control it's both they're 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 not inherited what's embedded beliefs that we pick up from you know our earliest days of of formation as children you know we, we often talk about embedded theologies you know those earliest ideas you have about god as a paternal figure and even though some of us may 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 yes, shift our belief and understanding around God, for example, that embedded belief sometimes still, you know, plays the old tape in the background, but then we learn how to not necessarily live from it anymore. So our, our beliefs change and we show up and act differently. None of us sitting here, I don't think, are operating um, from the same belief and relationship with God that we had when we were like 12 or 15, or even so, maybe 20. So so the beliefs, the beliefs change and thus we change, or actions change, or words change. Yeah. I think if you want to know if this is true, uh like this is absolutely what social media algorithms are based on. Facts. Is th- this right here, right? Is that we are our beliefs. So we can create our own, a world, right? People of super smart people have created worlds where we only see things that will affirm our beliefs and keep us in that place. Because I, knowing enough of the of, of this that I do, when belief is named here, that is not a belief without doubt right that is a that is a true this quote is a true belief where there is faith there is doubt there is like searching. a tested belief not a naive there, belief exactly yeah but but the statement still holds of you know we we see this true um this is why it's so scary that elon musk might take over twitter Right? right, like that, right. because um, day one that he took over, he's tweeting conspiracy theories at Hillary Clinton, which we know are not true, right? Right. But he can amplify because he believes it, or maybe he doesn't believe it, but he decides that this is the thing he wants to amplify, so that the people that do believe it, it will have more weight, quote unquote, coming from him. Right. Um, why? Because and the, right. and the stuff about Nancy Pelosi's husband that he took down yeah. eventually. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. but but I think like we're living this reality right now in a in a very negative way when it could be a really positive statement. Right. So if we think about the people that go that that attend religious services of <clears throat> say you know say in our one of our denominations or whatever like. If we are, if we are our beliefs, we would be living different lives, but we could, we have that option. Like we could do that. Mm. Um, So if I really believe that I'm supposed to love God and my neighbor as myself, my, who I am changes. Yeah. And it's sort of like, don't, it's sort of the don't believe my words, believe what I do, right? That, that we end up 
that we end up showing what our ultimate beliefs are by how we live our lives and how we spend money, how we choose to invest relationships and, you know, actions that actually is a better display of what our beliefs are than maybe the, the words we profess. Well, and, and this is maybe where for us in America comes in of like where your treasure is, there your heart shall be, because mm. really that's, that's our, we live in a capitalist society where money is the main motivator. And so really like if we, if we look through bank accounts or whatever, that that's going to show you where priorities are and everything else. Now that may then, be family and that I have, I clearly have no priorities or beliefs. But no, but like, so if you look through mine, the majority I, I, of my money is spent on mortgage <laughs> and groceries and, right? That's yeah. the, mo- that's the majority of my in and out money. Well, what does that tell you about where my heart is? My heart isn't mm-hmm. caring for my family, sure. right? That's, that's where my heart is. Um, I'm betting on the Ravens on the side. I mean, <laughs> I don't bet the heart football. wants what the heart wants, you know, <laughs> I don't so, bet money on football. Let me put it that way. We have bets in our house on football. There you go. Fun, fun bets. So we have this quote from the writer, uh, Madeline Langell, who says, believing takes practice like that we can work at belief is that something either of you agree with as long as we don't believe the hype is a sequel i think we'll be okay i think we were i think what i think the practice is living out our beliefs Mm. well hold on so so for me the so where this comes in is is about changing a belief yeah exactly you know so 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 there's two ways right changing a belief or confirming like, a belief or can or 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 acting out of the belief right well again Both back to those that, are practices yeah i'm back to that embedded idea like this you know the old tapes are still there uh um from from previous beliefs maybe sometimes there's even if we lay hold of a new belief when we go to act on it or live from it, there's. Still I thought we deleted there. the tapes. <laughs> That's the tape. The tapes are never deleted, man. It, <laughs> we live in the cloud now. <laughs> Nothing is ever deleted. Backups Nixon backups. also thought the tapes were deleted. <laughs> exactly, they're never they're never deleted. Um, you know, so sometimes we 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 hesitate. Sometimes we pause. Sometimes it takes a while mm. for a new belief to become you know second nature or rather first nature to be to be more accurate. Um, so, so all all those things happen. Like I stopped, <clears throat> I stopped believing in in you know the literal slash evangelical idea of God in in college, and I've moved so far away from that. And yet, there's always the rare occasion where something happens, or like I engage in a new behavior or something, and like that old tape starts whirring again. Of yeah. mm-hmm. you know, uh, well, you but know, I'm. I'm and, wondering, and, and, and then I gotta the, intellectually talk myself back and go like, "Wait, you don't you don't believe that anymore? Where, where did that right. come from?" <laughs> right, right. But I'm also thinking about like a confidence builder of believing in yourself, right? And sure. mm-hmm. that has a little bit of a fake it till you make it aspect of it, which is is a practice. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna live out of this. Um, confidence that I can do something right with before I have actually proven that I can. Um, So I I think it has merit. 
But isn't it? But that's also how we cement beliefs. How how thoughts, opinions become beliefs by by continually living them, um, right? And and embracing them and seeing if they fit. Um, and then if they don't, you're welcome to you know change your mind again. But but I think that's what allows them to become Im- Im- embedded embedded in us. I mean, this is where it's really important to say we're talking about belief, not certainty. We're talking about belief, not understanding, right? We're talking about like it, it, it's a, it's more nuanced than you would, you know, immediately. It is. So is it, is it, it. so good question. Is it a belief if there is not certainty? Does one need to be certain about it for it to be? A belief. And then I don't if, think that's believing anymore. Then what is that? That's certainty. If okay. I know that's, that's knowledge. That's knowing. That's knowledge. That's knowing. If I know this to be true, which like there are some faithful beliefs that I hold, like I know this to be true, that I will grasp on, you know, like God is love and that you know that so is there's the a there's a there's an overlap between knowing and believing. They're not, they're, they're not identical, but there has to be an overlap because I know yeah. a thing to be true. So I got to believe, like, I know gravity is true. And I believe if I step off, you know, a roof, I'm going to fall and right. fall hard. Right. 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 So there's an element of both knowledge and the belief in what that knowledge results in. Right. But, but I think it's the knowledge, like, what does the knowledge do for you? That's belief. Right. So believing without knowledge, is that faith? Jesus, yeah. like Hebrews would say so, right? Right. Isn't that what Hebrews says? Something along sure. those lines. <laughs> yep. It's kind of like when you hit the Hebrews. end of knowledge, when you hit the end of certainty, that's where faith comes in. And, and we often conflate faith and believing. And, and also, you know, if we go back to the original languages, the word faith includes the idea of faithfulness, which includes the idea of living out those beliefs as shannon was talking about like is it a real belief if we're not if our lives aren't falling following suit so so, so that hebrews passage about the evidence of things yada yada yada, how, yeah. however it goes so so for me how how i've been interpreting that more more recently is that it is us who is creating the evidence of the thing that we believe that isn't there yet so for example uh you know the 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 idea so back to the climate change thing you were you were talking about yeah, yeah right yeah. the world's on fire <laughs> right and, no, and no, no. Every, right. everything points to we are we are destroying ourselves but then we we have to at some point maybe believe that it's reversible that we have a part of it and we're going to start acting as if we're going to create the evidence of of a non-burning planet by doing the things to get there. So it is, it's us sort of creating the evidence of the thing so that isn't there yet. There's three circles in the Venn diagram of what we're talking about. And I would actually put them in a line. And if knowledge is the center one that overlaps with belief, and then over here is a, a certainty, right? Or a proven fact or something I know for certain, et cetera. But certainty doesn't go into belief. And I, I don't think they overlap, but the, but but I do think there's some knowledge to believing. I do think that's that tracks. But yeah, the this would be a great what, day for like Zoom whiteboard. I know, right? Some, but we do we can do that. But you know, nonetheless, it's a podcast. Most people just discuss. 
but <laughs> you all have imaginations. You can right. say what you know. See what yeah. I'm saying? But in terms of what, like climate change, like the knowledge is, hey, we may not be able to completely reverse this and still live in the world that we live in, but we we now know we have now proven that we can slow it down. So what I believe, right, that is the knowledge that I gained. I'm not mm-hmm. certain that we can fix this, right? That's right. that's over here. But what I believe is that, and my prayer and my hope is that if we can show that we can slow it down, we will continue down that path sure. because there is evidence and science now telling us. Okay. Now, where I don't have hope is in the people that didn't care anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so, or maybe... Maybe an easier example. I'm certain the Lions will not make the playoff, but I believe that one day they'll win another game. There's always there's always hope. That's that's some blind faith right there, is what that is. <laughs> Time for a new religion around here. <laughs> All right. So we got a fascinating um quote here from a 2018 Time magazine article entitled There's Nothing Virtuous About Finding common ground. And the person quoted, uh, Tayari Jones says, we are in a political moment where we find ourselves on opposite sides of what feels like an unbreachable gulf. I find myself annoyed by the hand wringing about how we need to find common ground. People ask how we might, quote, meet in the middle, as though this represents a safe, neutral, and civilized space. This American fetish fetishization of the moral middle is a misguided and dangerous cultural impulse. The middle is a point equidistant from two poles. That's it. There's nothing inherently virtuous about being neither here nor there. Buried in this is a false equivalency of ideas, what you might call the, quote, good people on both sides phenomenon. When we revisit our shameful past, ask yourself, where was the middle? Rather than chattel slavery, perhaps we could agree on a nice program of indentured servitude. What is halfway between moral and immoral? Powerful words there and wondering how this strikes all of you, because we do often hear about the need in this divided time to find common ground. Um, and but I think the common right that that that's yeah. a, a, not a good goal. I think context matters here. So politically, especially with the way we become more polarized politically, I don't know there's going to be common ground, but from just a human living experience, there's a shit ton of common ground, right? There's, I mean, we all, we all have the desire to love and be loved. We all care for our families. You all want to protect our families. You all want to be able to pay the bills. We all want to put food on the table. There's a lot of common ground outside of the, political context the issue is that the political context is how we do a lot of those things right right? depending on what how we end up politically will determine how much money we make it will determine the costs of food so determine the taxes we have to pay all of that that influences our everyday live experience so so i don't i think the i i kind of agree with her in that like yeah political middle ground especially the way we've become right now is so yeah i'm i'm a i 
want to get the book and read it as soon as I can, but I was listening to a podcast with a man who wrote this book. Called, he's a journalist um, called Persuaders. Mm. And it's a, it's, it's a book of stories about people whose, you know, job it is to persuade other people and how they do that and what that looks like and those kind of things. And what, during the interview, one of the things he was talking about was that, you know, people, part of the reason why this kind of crazy Trumpism, conservative Republican Party stuff is so successful is because they start with where are you at and what are you afraid of, right? Um, and whereas the left tends to start with let me give you a policy on what we're going to do. Let me let me tell you about the systemic problem and blah, blah, blah. And, and that asking like people where they are and what their fears are is very successful because then it's just manipulated into using it for, you know, okay, now, now I know how to get at you kind of thing. So for me, this is, this is why this doesn't, this is why the middle ground doesn't work. We, saw for years people walk across aisles and make compromises and things like that that weren't perfect but worked it's how you know some of good things happened the difference is is that our tactics are so different now that we can't yeah we're we're starting from two totally different directions right yeah. we're not even having the same conversation Right, right. And we're operating out of different narratives entirely, mm -hmm. which makes it really hard. And so I guess I, I wonder about, is there a difference between co finding common ground and finding middle ground? Because I feel like those are two different things that sort of get conflated here. Like to me, the common ground is our shared human experience. Like right. we have families we care about. Yeah, our common ground about. is we want to protect our families. Great. Yeah. You but want to do that through is, this way. Yeah. Middle ground is, can we find a, a, a compromise point where we both get a little bit of what we want, but neither yeah. of us gets the whole thing? Right. And those to me are different things. Like middle ground is finding that compromised political solution. Common ground is finding whatever part of our shared human existence and, we can. And to Shannon's know, point, they, there used to be a lot more middle grounded. <laughs> now, yeah. now it's become about. Right. Um, um, about winning, and I think once I was gonna say now there's the neither middle or common ground. There's none of it, right? There's no, no. See, no, I disagree. I think the common ground's okay. still there, but I think because the emphasis has been taken away from middle ground, and and now about winning, um, and now about we're we're having different conversations. Now we forget that we have the common ground. The common ground is still there. We still want to love and protect or but we put blinders families. on that. We like we don't allow ourselves to see any common ground and we come up with narratives about a different side. We dehumanize that yes, that, that dehumanizes them. That's the point of making, right? Yeah, exactly no, I mean I'm I'm, yeah. I'm processing. Like yeah. we in order to have you have to see an other as human in order to have common ground. Right. And yeah, I and that's why I'm kind of asking that question of like, but I don't I don't think you can have common ground and dehumanize. You can't and have I'm, you can't have com you can't have middle ground before you have common ground. You, right. Right. Yes, and I agree with when, that. And when you've dehumanized the idea of your constituents for you finding middle ground is you selling out to like to pure evil. So you need to fight for not 
part of the political solution, all of it. Like if you're not winning, as Ogan said, then you're losing. There's no like, hey, we can't get everything. There's no third option. Here's me moving, you know, forward a little. And yeah, and behavioral science tells us that it the first step in dehumanizing is is disgust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a there. So there's a judgment. There's a disgust. There's a that's the first step to dehumanizing. Disdain. Exactly. And that's and that's where we I see we've gotten. So we come up with narratives like baby killers or pedophiles who eat children to stay younger or, you know, things that aren't even what that's so not real. Well, or but... that all, all gay men are pedophiles, right. Or right, all, right. you know, blah, blah, blah. We do that. Like, cause I, I'm going to demonize and dehumanize you at the same time. Right. Correct. So that my beliefs stay intact, number one. <laughs> and, you know, my, my, I don't have to do the hard work of seeing your side, of having conversation, of being in, you know, I don't have to revisit that shameful side if if I just demonize it's, you. It's it's become win at all costs. And and yes. and the cost is the cost is our humanity, both both the uh dehumanizing of the other, but in order to dehumanize the other, I've got to dehumanize myself. So yeah. so so we're 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 injuring we're we're all injuring ourselves if we go through the act of dehumanizing another. Right. And so then she says, we do hand wringing about how we need to find common ground. And then people ask how we meet in the middle. But I think, again, there's a conflation there. Like, I think we do need to find common ground, remember our shared humanity. And then are there places where we find a middle political, you know, um, point on a given issue, then that's maybe possible and it depends on the issue we're talking about, because the example given of, of chattel slavery, yeah, something that's completely immoral, there's not a space for compromise there. I agree 100% with that. But if we're talking about like school funding, you know, but, you know, there may be, you know, agreements about where the money should go in the local budget, like maybe a compromise is better than no solution at all and no funding, you know, at all. And we and we saw that a bit when you know the when they passed that uh, was it the infrastructure bill that build back better thing that right, started right. at like you know four hundred trillion or some some right. astronomical amount and it got down to like you know less than two or something but there was this idea of you know yes we in in order to make sure that we do. Uh, that we don't do nothing, right? Some good is better than no good. It's not all the good we wanted to do. So, you know, and whether or not we agree with the compromises, mostly don't, but whether or not we agree with the compromises, at least we understood that that's, we found the middle ground there um, in that that regard. The problem is then that got spun as, one side won, one yep. side lost. Yes, agreed. And in that, you're setting up that dichotomy that this side exactly. was the good side and this side was the bad side or whatever. Like that yeah. one was perfectly right, either side, that one was perfectly right and one was perfectly wrong. And there's yeah. no, that to me is where middle ground is. It, we're not always like, I have tried to negotiate with a narcissist before. It's impossible. Yeah. There's yeah. like, like you need to compromise with me. I literally was yelled at. And I went, you're not asking for compromise. You're not asking me to meet you in the middle. You're saying it's my way or no way. 
and you better get over here as fast as you can, or there's going to be consequences. That's not compromise. Right. So if, if we want to, and again, there's not a right or a, a perfectly right or a perfectly wrong in politics. So kind of finding a solution or to Brian's point, like a school budget, the fact that teachers are going to get paid tomorrow is good, right? Like whether we need to put off the decision of whether they get a 2% or a 3% raise, like, okay, that's significant. But the important thing is that the kids get to go to school tomorrow and they're paid. So let's and, figure out how to do and, that. And middle ground requires nuance. And you know how well we do nuance in this country. <laughs> yeah. And I right. think that's that's been intentional. I think that's been intentional by political operatives to remove that and 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 polarize things. You know, back to that uh one of the earlier questions about what gives you hope, you know, this is for better or for worse, this is this is why I have to mostly absorb my news through comedy night shows because for sure. Otherwise, it will send me into a depression spiral. But yep. also because, you know, they'll show clips from Fox News and different media yeah. platforms. And the 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 absurdity that's become belief is just insane. You know, however, the people watching and believe in don't think it's insane because there's no part of them that goes like, wait a minute, something's not adding up here why you know what's what's the struggle to believe to believe that yeah some someone who was not mentally well broke into a person's house looking for her couldn't find her injured her husband and now is facing federal charges but somehow in my head i'm still going to believe this was a false flag operation right we (laughs) just saw what happened with infowars and right. that despicable human being, Alex Jones, being sued out, sued from here to yeah. eternity, laughing about the fact that he's not going to pay any money. But the fact then proven that, you know, everything he said about Sandy Hook massacre being a false flag was was wrong. And yep. yet there are still people who will continue to believe that, to Shannon's point about, and they're locked into the certainty <laughs> That is true. And they're not and they're not they're not budging from that. And again, those are the folks where I think even if you could find common ground with them, I don't know that you can then move them to a middle ground place because it's been these polarizing places have been intentionally set up. The right and wrong dichotomy, the binary has been established as the status quo, not the nuance. Right. What I would say. Go ahead, Brad. Well, what I would say is like for those folks, but can we, knowing all the systems in play that have fed into their narratives and shaped their beliefs that are in some ways beyond their control, can we still see the humanity in those folks, have some sympathy for them, but have less sympathy for and more accountability for the folks who are pushing those narratives who are in the places of control, you know, like an Alex Jones or, you know, media moguls who know what they're doing and they are using their powers of persuasion for ill and pushing things they know are false. Like those right. are the people that I'm quicker to say, yeah, I can't compromise with you or I can't find common ground with you. But like, <laughs> you know, those Joe those neighbor the people. Who's, who's, who's the subject to all yeah. this inundation doesn't really know better. I can have more sympathy for that person. Uh, absolutely. Those, those media people, the, those folks, those are the people who made me wish I still believed in hell. 
right? Because well, yeah, I like a spot. But, I like a spot for them. They make but, me want. They make me want to regress on my theological beliefs and go oh back. Right. No, to, I mean I'm in that. But to the point of good people, I'm, that's how people get to say something like "there's good people on both sides" or "there's bad people on both sides." Right. Right. Because they get to say it because it's their neighbor, Joe, or whatever, who like keeps voting for Trump because he's always voted for a Republican and blah, 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 blah. But like he's a good person and doesn't really understand the ramifications of his whatever. Right. Like I'm not I'm not dismissing him, but I'm saying that's why people get to say that. Yeah. And they also get to say it because I what was it like? They looked at the all the Russian bots that came in for the yes. 2016 election, right? And they were like, well, it's both sides. They're attacking both sides. And I'm like, there was something like 200 accounts on the like left-leaning side and like 12,000 accounts yeah. on the right-leaning <laughs> side because yeah. they knew that, you know, it was more- That's was a more false equivalency. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, technically it's both sides. And like the seesaw is clearly tilted in another direction. Correct. Like, yeah. That's and that's the part that's frustrating. It, yeah. it it is frustrating. And um, you know, when you ask about finding common ground or sympathy for the average person, it's like, you know, I go to example of when there's a mass shooting, right? No, no, the, the shooter is not picking out and knowing the the political stances of right. the victims. Of the people. Right. They're, they're, they're just shooting people. Right. So so you have a mass shootings, Republicans, Democrats, independents, you know, I ain't yeah. picking a party. Everyone like equal chances of being a victim. Now right. we can argue then like, you know, what are the laws in place that allows the shooter to have access to the weapon and the ammunition and all that sort Correct. of mess and and how one party is, you know, f- for the sake of winning, pushing that narrative. Right. Mm-hmm. So we we can we can we can have those. And and part of the again frustrating part is knowing that some of those people who got shot right. and who were killed were some of the same people who voted for that person to have the right to have that gun at 18 with with no obstacles in his path. Correct. Right? It's kind so, of like when we were going through COVID and people were deniers about COVID, and then some of those same people ended up being on ventilators yeah. and dying, even though they were opposed to any efforts to mitigate it. Yeah. And and right. guilty as charged as one of the first who was like, yep, calling the herd. I'm good with that. Right. <laughs> so, so, so it, it becomes so easy to get sucked into the, we can't see the person who disagrees with us politically, religiously, whatever, mm-hmm. as just as human a person as I am. Mm-hmm. And and if that's if again that's the common ground I think we need to land on. Uh, and the last example I'll, I'll share is when uh, the Affordable Care Act was passed, and the mm-hmm. government was like, "We will give yes. you money to expand Medicaid, yes. right? We will give you the money. You don't even have to ask for it. They're sitting in a pile for you. Come get the Medicaid expansion so that you could help the people who need help. And how many of the states?" Republican states did mm-hmm. not do it because heaven forbid we give them a win by right. saying you had a good idea and people are literally dying. That yeah. sort of shit I don't have any patience for yeah. at all. When you literally kill people to prove a political point, Correct. you don't deserve to, you know, to be in to be in office. Um, mm-hmm. And you really got to rethink why you're there. And then people really got to rethink why they're voting for you. But again, are those people going to open themselves up to hearing the other side of the story? 
mm-hmm. you know i remember when people were some people were shocked to uh when when they were gonna uh, roll back the affordable care act and then people were like you know they were all yelling right we got to get rid of obamacare and then like oh wait obamacare is the thing that finally gave me some health insurance oh no we're keeping that <laughs> right <laughs> people who didn't we're, understand we're obamacare keeping, was right. the affordable care was act. it for and then they were like but Oh wait, we could we could have had some of these like Medicaid rights that the state next doors have in. Wait, yes. what? I was right? gonna say so, a lot of those states have gone to it because people were like, "Wait, there's yeah. free money and we're not getting it." That's ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And they had to threaten the 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 position of their elected officials for yeah. them to make the change. And it's 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 heartbreaking in one respect. And again, circle back to the what gives me hope. That's an example of something that also gives me hope that 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 eventually people will see how this affects their daily life and go like, mm, OK, uh, I don't care which political party they're from. I need my Medicaid. I, I need to be able to keep my child or my spouse or my parent alive. I don't care what party. And we saw this in Republican town halls when we were trying to unmake the Affordable Care Act. That's why it's the law of the land still, but it's still, again, being chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And we're going to get to a point, I think, where it's a shell of what it was. People go back to this place of misery connected to healthcare, And they're like, well, how did we get here? And it's going to reverse again, fits and starts, fits and starts. We're we are doomed to evolve this way. I'd like to think, I'd like to think that maybe we get off that roller coaster. Yeah. But again, when we talk about faith in humanity, I ain't got a lot of faith there. Sometimes we got to learn the hard way. So um, thank you, friends. With no faith in humanity, we're ending the show. <laughs> I don't know why you would, but tune into Club Theology Live next time. It got dark, but <laughs> where we will not compromise. No. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post show banter and more. You can um, listen to our rantings about Twitter, which I will bring up right after this. Um, you can do so at patreon.com slash PT live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google podcasts. Our top cities this week are Minneapolis, Minnesota, Adelaide, Australia, and Helsinki, Finland. We are world traveler friends. Woo-hoo. Who wants to, who wants to bring us to Australia or to Finland? I'll go to uh, either. I'll be honest. Just my Whoever wants to fly us out there. Watch us live Tuesdays on Facebook around 1 o'clock Eastern time. Find Create a Pop Theology in your town. Learn more at poptheology.com. Tune in next week if you want to. It'll be election day, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of our conversation. Um, maybe we'll talk about the demise of humanity yet again in that election day. <laughs> so until next time, friends, drink responsibly, go out and vote, and keep those conversations flowing. Sorry, I just had to stop there. I know. (laughs) Might get a little depressing. This is going to go really bad. I just need to stop. (laughs) Oh, goodness.